0: Today we are sort of bumping ahead a week, Um, Kevin has a a plan to do something different on the 7th of January from the Epiphany story, so today we're going to read the Epiphany account from um, the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Listen now for the Word of God. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The singer James Taylor has written a wonderful song retelling this story of the three wise men in a very winsome way. The refrain of the song repeated several times says, Home by another way, home by another way. Maybe me and you can be wise guys too and go home by another way. In fact, the name of that song is just that, Home by Another Way. I love the title and the ideas of this song because that is perhaps my favorite line of text in this whole drama of the three wise men. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, the wise men, in the original translation, went home by another way. It seems to me the perfect ending for this final scene in our Christmas celebrations each year in the church, and it also seems the perfect ending to our own personal celebrations of Christmas each year. Having seen the Christ child, having recognized who he is, having worshiped him, all of us are called to leave the manger, to leave the presence of the young child, Jesus, and to go home by another way, with our lives forever changed by our encounter with him. There is so much about the story of the three wise men that we do not know, so much of it that remains shrouded in mystery, If you just read the text from Matthew's Gospel and don't think about all the traditions that have grown up around this story, you realize how very little we actually know. We do not know where the wise men came from, except that they came from the east, which is a lot of territory geographically. We do not actually know how many of them there were. We say there were three, probably because there were three gifts, but. We don't actually know that for sure. Perhaps there were a dozen of them. We do not know their names. It was a poet many centuries later that gave them the names popularly used for them now, Gaspar, Melchior, and Balthazar. We don't know how long it took for them to travel to Bethlehem from wherever their homes were, and we do not know how old Jesus was when they arrived even though we include them in our manger scenes at home and at church and have them arriving at that stable from Luke's Gospel to worship the baby Jesus in the manger alongside the shepherds and lay their gifts before him, the text from Matthew actually suggests something a bit different. This text would suggest, and most scholars of the Bible agree, that Jesus was probably somewhere around two years of age, when the wise men arrived. Matthew himself says that they came to the house where the young child was. It appears Jesus is no longer in that stable, lying in a manger. It appears that Joseph and Mary have remained in Bethlehem after the birth of Jesus, and that a couple of years have passed. They are now living in a house somewhere in the village, and it is to this house the wise men travel and come upon the child Jesus. We often call the wise men kings, but the text does not suggest that either. The word used here is magi, and it is commonly used to talk of people who were what we would call today astronomers, often even magicians, who would read the stars and tell the future based on what they saw in the stars. All of that is simply to say that there is much we do not actually know about this story. Some of it we have filled in for ourselves over the many years since, but much of it remains shrouded in the fog of mystery. What we do know is this, some number of these magi, wise men, came from somewhere in the east and traveled some distance because the stars had told them that a child who would one day be king of the Jews had been born. We know that they followed a bright star in the sky and eventually came to Bethlehem, where they met the child Jesus and his parents, knelt down and worshipped him, and offered him three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We know that they had told King Herod they would come back to Jerusalem and tell him where he could find the child, because King Herod told them that he wanted to go and worship the child as well. We know that they were warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, not to tell him where he could find the child, and so they left and they went home by another way. I have often wondered what happened to these wise men after they returned to their homes. The scripture does not tell us anything about their lives after this one moment in time. But I rather like to read into the closing line, they went home by another way, something more than just an alternative geographical route back to their homelands. Perhaps going home by another way means more than just geography. Perhaps it means that from the moment of their encounter with the young Jesus until whenever the end of their own lives came, they lived lives transformed by their encounter with the young child Jesus. Perhaps it means that they returned to their homes and spent the rest of their lives telling others of their meeting with a young child who was so compelling, so utterly different from any other child they had ever met, so filled with grace and love and truth that it shone from him like a light as bright as the star they had followed in the sky that they could do nothing but bow down before him in worship and love and offer him not only the material gifts they had brought, the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh, but they had to offer him their love, their devotion, their faith, and their very lives as well. Perhaps in the years to come, their meeting with this child of love and mercy and grace caused them to fill their own lives with more love and mercy And grace. Perhaps the joy they felt as they bowed before him carried them for the rest of their lives and never left them. Perhaps the peace they felt in his presence remained with them always even when they were experiencing times of trouble and grief in their own lives. Perhaps they came to understand and to share with others that in some way they could not begin to explain this child And their encounter with him had saved them, set them free, given them hope, caused them to live with a certainty that God was real, that healing and wholeness were possible, that love could triumph in the end, and that life was more important and more abundant and more eternal than they had ever dreamed before. Maybe, just maybe... That is what happened to the wise men when they went home by another way. And what happens for us now? We too have knelt before the young Jesus. We have beheld him. We have recognized him as the Son of God, as our Lord and Savior, and we have worshipped him. We have offered him our own gifts, the gifts of our lives, of our love, of our faith. After today, we leave the young Jesus, and in coming weeks, we will meet him once again as a grown man, beginning his earthly ministry in Galilee and beyond. Of course, on this particular Sunday, we are also standing on the brink of a new year in our world. When the clock strikes midnight tonight, those of us who are still awake will sing "Old Lang Syne and drink a toast to the dawning of 2024 and as always when we greet a new year many of us will consider how we might want to go home by another way as we enter 2024 as well we might want to consider the things that have blocked us from living our very best lives and being our best selves in 2023 and make a commitment to give up those things so that we can live more freely, more abundantly, more compassionately, more joyfully, more faithfully in the coming year than we did this year that is about to pass from us. I know that many of us will pray that the world we live in will be more loving, more compassionate, more just, that our world will have more peace in the so, in so many of the lands currently torn by war, that our neighbors who struggle to put food on the family table will have more abundance in the coming year. We may hope that the streets of our own city, the city that we all love, will be safer and will know less violence this coming year. We might consider how we can partner with God in making those dreams for our world and for our own city a reality in small, concrete ways this coming year. And for each of us individually there will be things we will want to do differently in the coming year certainly as we gather in the last glow of christmas around the light of the christ candle and prepare to enter a new year all of us can pray that we will find ways to recommit our lives to faithful discipleship to jesus in the coming year to shedding any habit or attitude or anger that blocks us from living faithfully and joyfully and abundantly as we continue on our journey of discipleship. Perhaps we have someone we need to forgive in order to set ourselves free from the burden of bitterness. Perhaps there is a habit that keeps us from living our best life. Perhaps we need to take on a new practice that will draw us closer to God, to Christ, to our family and friends, to our church community. Okay, here come the instructions about those little pieces of paper. As you enter today with your bulletin, many of you were given a slip of very thin paper. The magic of this paper is that it dissolves in water. If you are willing, I would invite you to write on that slip of paper something you want to let go of some burden you have been carrying, the name of someone you need to forgive, some habit that is blocking your abundance and joy, some new or age-old grief that is weighing you down. Perhaps it is a feeling that holds you back from the abundant life God longs for you to have, crippling guilt or shame, anxiety, perfectionism, fear. As you come forward for communion by intention this morning, after receiving communion, I invite you to pass by the baptismal font on either side of the room, drop that slip of paper into the water, give it a twirl with your finger, touch the water to remember your baptism, and know that whatever burden you have listed there will be washed away by the waters of your baptism. Beside the fonts, there are also what we call star words for epiphany. I invite you to pick one up and take it home and display it somewhere you will see it each day. As a spiritual practice, I invite you to seek ways to live into this word, to notice it in your daily living this year, to see how it can be a help to you in living abundantly and in following Jesus Christ more faithfully along the road to discipleship this coming year? Here are some questions to ponder as you live with that word through the coming year. How does the word that you receive remind you of God? In what way does it reflect the nature of God? How does it reflect the nature of Jesus Christ, the life he lived, the words he spoke? Is that word used in scripture? You can find that out by googling it. And if it does, spend some time with those scriptures this year and see how that word is reflected in scripture. How do you see that word reflected in your own life? Do you need more of it in your life? And if so, how can you work to bring more of it to your life? How will it govern and guide your relationships with others as you move through the year to come? How will it guide your relationship with God, with Christ, with this community of faith, with your family and your friends, with the strangers you may encounter day to day, and maybe even your encounters with those you might consider an enemy. So as you come forward for communion, you will be leaving something behind in 2023, and you will be taking something on and home with you to guide you through 2024. And remember, that today you can go home by another way with Christ and this community of faith as your companions on the journey. As I have said, after today, we are leaving the infant Jesus behind, and our text for today invites us to follow the example of the wise men and to go home by another way, to live our own lives as those transformed by our encounter with him, our own recognition of him as Lord and Savior. We call this time in the church year Epiphany, which is a word meaning revelation, because this is the day when Jesus was first revealed to the Gentile world as the Son of God, the Messiah, the Lord and Savior. On Epiphany, we remember that Jesus has been revealed to us as well as God in human flesh, as the Lord and Savior born at Bethlehem, as the light that shines in the darkness of our world and will never be overcome. And so today, like the wise men, perhaps we can leave this place and tell others we meet of what we have seen here today and in the days just past. Perhaps as we remember this child so full of love and mercy and grace and we give thanks to God for him, We can live our lives with more love and mercy and grace as a way of honoring and worshiping him. Perhaps we can leave here filled with joy and peace that lasts no matter what might happen to us in this world. Perhaps we can leave here knowing that this child, Jesus, has saved us, set us free, given us hope, has given us faith that God is real, that healing and wholeness are possible in him, that love can triumph in the end, and that our lives are more important and more abundant and more eternal than we ever dreamed before. Perhaps we can leave here remembering that this child, Jesus, became a man who said that he had come, that we might have life, even abundant life, He said that he came so that his joy might be in us and our joy might be full. And we can strive to live our lives abundantly and joyfully in the coming year, just as Jesus longs for us to do. Perhaps we can leave here transformed. Perhaps we will go home and even into 2024 by another way and follow Jesus into the life he calls us to live. So may it be. Amen.